You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 111. Thomas Miller back with you again with an interview today with Brandon Park. Now, a few months back, I received an email from Brandon asking if I would write an article for a publication that he was putting together on meditation. Well, I had been having some just amazing hikes up here in the mountains, and I was in this state of ecstasy almost around that, so I thought, yes, I'd be happy to contribute. Well, that publication is out, and I wanted to share it with you and introduce you to Brandon and let you know what he has going on. So get pen and paper in hand to be able to write down this URL where you can get more information about the article that I wrote for Brandon. We'll tell you that inside the interview. And this one became interesting because not only did I interview Brandon about what he was up to, but then Brandon interviewed me. And ironically, and I love in this world whenever you say ironically, because that just means synchronicity. It means something really cool has happened from the universe. What Brandon was asking me about, and this is a couple of weeks ago that we did this interview, so this was not a current issue, but what he talked to me about turns out to be the number one issue that I'm working with people in the coaching program and that is hearing, listening, and communicating with that little, still, small voice inside. And yes, the coaching is active. If you go to subconsciousmindmastery.com and then click on the coaching tab up at the top, you'll get more information. I am going to do a separate podcast announcing the coaching program. That will be separate from this. But you can go to the website at subconsciousmindmastery.com to check it out. So now, here is my interview with Brandon and his interview with me. So, Brandon, let's uh, first of all point people to where they could find the publication that you asked me to contribute to. Sure. So if they go to unwobble.com slash SMM for Subconscious Mind Mastery, there is a free sample they can uh, sign up for, and uh, that'll give them your contribution uh, there's another contribution as well, as, and three exercises from the Unwobble book. So that's unwobble.com slash SMM. Tell me the brainchild of this. How did this come about? Okay, so I had the pleasure of working with some mindfulness teachers and influencers um, like Tara, Tara Brock, Jack Kornfield, Krishnadas. I uh, worked with uh, Ramdas.org for a long time. And one of the things I would do is kind of help them get to know their audience and time and again, as I would go through this process, people within their audience were asking for help, kind of with the basics. And understandably, these teachers have sort of moved past those basics. But one of the things that kept coming up was people that felt like they either didn't have the time to meditate, or meditation didn't work for them, or they meditated and they felt like they got that sort of mindful feeling during meditation, but then when they got up and got on with their day, that it was, uh, it was wearing off. So eventually after hearing these sort of pain points over and over, I reached my limit and uh, I decided that I would sort of try to create my own solution. How about that? It's funny when you consult people, how you see patterns, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. So what you're saying is here people wanted to go back to square one. They wanted to go back to the basics. Yeah, that's definitely it. 
And I think also, you know, this topic can be kind of ethereal and people wanted something that was either very concrete or very step by step. Um, and sort of like what you you do with this podcast in terms of taking a concept and breaking it down into something that, that really makes sense on the day-to-day for people. I think, you know, that's something that people really want as proof of the success of your podcast. And that's what I was aiming to go after in terms of creating something that would just someone could pick up and use on the day-to-day without having to overly think it. What has been your experience of triggers for people to start on a mindfulness journey? So that's a good question. Um, You know, one of the big ones, I think, is just, I mean, obviously, it has to be something that is introduced to them. And I don't know, you know, I think that trigger varies. So they have to have the idea of mindfulness in mind. But otherwise, I think it really varies. And that's what I tried to address with the Unwobble book was instead of putting the exercises into topics like breathing exercises or attention exercises, I tried to go with topics like these exercises work if you're stressed or you're overwhelmed. These exercises work if you feel like you're being very reactive in conversations. These exercises will work if you feel like your monkey mind has taken over. And I think those are some of the triggers uh, for people, basically like a constant overwhelm of life where they feel like their to-do list has taken over. Some people feel like they react all the time instead of being proactive or instead of being thoughtful. I'm really intrigued by how you develop this, especially being a content creator. And you're saying that people are wanting to go back to the basics I was asked to work with a company, it's a publicly held company based in Fort Smith, Arkansas, that had just gone through a reorganization. In all of 2016, this company was turned upside down, inside out, and people's jobs were threatened, and everything, all the departments got reorganized, just a lot of stress for these employees. And we put together a six-week program that we delivered on audio, did what, you know, just doing my thing. And it has been so well received. And, you know, it is, I'm, I'm captivated by this where you say, go back to the basics. Because all we did was just, I mean, it was so how to manage stress 101 that I felt like we were almost under delivering content. And yet, it's like you said, they weren't at a level where if we had elevated it to higher uh, higher material that they wouldn't have they wouldn't have grasped it that's interesting yeah absolutely and i think you know when you are already experienced you probably know what the next steps are but what was interesting for me was that i found i didn't aim this for people that have a daily meditation habit but what i found was that a lot of people that do have a daily meditation habit were really drawn to it and that's because like i said they They're meditating, but they don't necessarily feel like the benefits carry throughout their day or, you know, they don't see necessarily or they they haven't been able to tie together their meditation with how they act in the moment. How do you see people advancing from this base level up to the next level? That's a good question. I haven't 
really put my mind there so much. Um, maybe because I've been trying to stick with the basics and just, uh, you know, create this level uh, to make sure it works. So instead of moving on after I finish this, I've been talking with people that have had their hands on it to see what can I do to, to make this better. Because especially with digital products, the way I look at it is there's no reason that they can't be treated like software and say, you know, all right, what I gave you here is version one. And if there's a way to improve this and create a version two, then I'll do that. And anyone that's already bought this will automatically get that version two, as opposed to something that's a hard copy book. Um, so that's the way I've been looking at that. I mean, I think in some ways I did this. I'm not a meditation teacher, but I did this, you know, knowing that meditation is one of those future steps. I think that meditation is it's strong and it helps you. To achieve all these things people are looking to achieve with the mindfulness exercises. Um, but this was kind of a good way to get to people that just had a block when it came to meditation. And I also, I don't think that you necessarily have to meditate to, you know, get benefits from mindfulness or practice mindfulness. Oh, absolutely. No, that's um, my, I've said on this podcast so many times, mine comes mostly from getting out there on that hiking trail and uh, and I'm sure where you are connecting with nature makes a big difference absolutely definitely and uh, it's funny you say that because I was I was thinking you you talked about you know hiking um, in your contribution and you mentioned shutting off your conscious mind for periods of time while you're hiking and allowing your subconscious mind to take over and maybe be the voice in your head for a while um, which is a fascinating concept for me. So I was almost wondering if you could explain that process a little and, and how you know like it's your subconscious that, that's on duty, so to speak, when that time comes. Boy, that's a great question. I did it just the other day um, on the hiking trail that I love. I literally, you know, Aspen came to me. Aspen found me. I simply set an intention in September of 2015 sitting on the patio of a condo in Vail, that it's time for me to move to Colorado. I had always wanted to live here. And I just started putting feelers out. And this particular place in Aspen, which, you know, people think Aspen, ooh, that's all blah, blah, blah. I pay less than $1,000 a month <laughs> living in Aspen. <laughs> and I'm about a 20-minute walk from the gondola and literally have a hiking trail right across the driveway from where I am. And it goes by this, it's called the Hunter Creek Trail. For those of you who have been to Aspen, you would know that. And it goes up this creek into this beautiful valley, and then you can fork off and go a bunch of different directions. And, you know, the universe just dropped so much of what I, what it knew I needed more than I knew that I needed it right in my lap. <laughs> I mean, I just got this amazing, I, I, it's, it's just, a, it's a miraculous thing. So I love to go get on that trail. And the right now, this time of year, we're recording this in early June, the snow is melting up in the high country. And the all the creeks and rivers swell with rapidly flowing water and uh, will continue to do so really into the first part of July. So the Hunter Creek, I can actually hear it from the backyard here. Um, it's that loud right now. So when I went up to hike the other day, the sound of the creek just 
almost, it's almost like wearing headphones. So what usually happens when I go hit the trail is uh, if, if I'm ruminating something or mulling something over in my mind, you know, the monkey mind can be just going, going, going. And I found that, ironically, walking uphill actually reduces the monkey mind. It reduces the amount of chatter because you're, you know, you're breathing heavy and you're straining more to walk uphill. So what I'll do is frequently even just stop on the trail. And I talk to myself like this all the time. And I'll say, okay, conscious mind, would you be willing to just be silent for a little while? In fact, would you be willing to be silent until we hit that and I'll pick a marker up there, somewhere up on the trail. Would you be willing to just be quiet until we get up there and let the subconscious mind talk? And I've never had a no. <laughs> you know, it's always because in the shift of living more from intuition and more from inside, I, I guess I've trained my conscious mind to really want to hear what the inside says. So... Basically, at that point, I have conscious agreement that we're going to tone it out. And basically, what I'll do is just go to, as much as I can, to no thought. So whether it's focusing on the trail, or in the case the other day, just listening to the music of the creek, or focusing on the sky, birds, the trees, just something else, or even breathing. You know, the just a good old meditation technique of here you're walking uphill, you're at elevation, you know, you're, I mean, for me, it's, it's breathy, you know, I'm straining and I'll just focus on that. And in that, the internal dialogue just starts to flow. And, and then of course, when it does start to flow, the conscious mind wants to analyze it or argue with it or rebut it or add to it. And that's where the the uh, the dance comes from. Okay, no, 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 no. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, just just tone that down, and let's keep going with this. We have agreement until we get up to this marker up here, and then of course when I get up to that marker, I renegotiate and say, let's keep this going for a while longer. <laughs> that's but that's what I do. Would you say that? Um, I mean, do you equate the subconscious mind with the monkey mind? I think they're completely different and. I just finished reading and listening to, and I did a podcast, uh, number 105, I think it is, where I did a kind of a book review on Dr. Joe Dispenza's You Are the Placebo. And that really shifted my whole perspective because what Dr. Dispenza does is from his scientific medical background, he explains when you hold a sustained thought with emotion... He goes through the neurologic process of how our brain begins to establish a neuropathway and support that neuropathway that is literally hardwired into our brain. And as long as we continue to support that thought, whatever it is, positive or negative, then our brain will continue to reinforce that neuropathway chemically, genetically. And he goes through the whole process. But bottom line, our brain goes into action to hardwire this neuropathway. And then as long as we continue to support that thought. So, you know, like back in the old days, for me, it might have been some fear of something like fear of um, losing a job, let's say. OK, so you're afraid you're going to lose your job. 
and you keep supporting that. So every day you get up and you you wake up and get dressed to go to work to a job that you think you're going to lose. Well, you keep reinforcing that over and over and over. Your brain wires that pathway. And then this is where I think the subconscious takes over because the book shifted my paradigm of the subconscious mind from a programming standpoint. What Dr. Dispenza described is how it literally gets hardwired into our our very being and our brain. Well, and then I think there's that spiritual aspect that goes out into that formless substance and we'll find a way to make that happen. It goes in front of us. Interesting to put the two together. You have the physical chemical hardwiring, and then you have the spiritual aspect. And I mean, you, you definitely can't get away from the spiritual side. So there is that element that goes out in front of us. And, and the subconscious to me is, is that part that connects to the spiritual universe and puts out there whatever we are feeding out. I mean, it's the basic law of vibration. If we're vibrating fear, then we'll get fear back. If we're vibrating love, peace, harmony, that the universe meets all of our needs, then we'll get that back. And that's what I try to plug into on the hiking trail. I try to plug into what is that spirit side of me trying to speak and I think, I don't know if you've heard the podcast where I even said you can you can name your subconscious. And I've had a number of people email uh, where they would get quiet. They would ask their subconscious, what's your name? What would, what would I call you? What do you want to be called? And various names will come up. And I think, I think that subconscious has that much of a voice to us. That when we tune into it like that, mine was Dreamweaver. And then I, you know, of course, the uh, Gary Wright song from the 70s, Dreamweaver. It's, it's like somebody told me, he said, dang, you got a cool name and a song. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but um, but I, 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 I talk to my subconscious that clearly. Okay, so it brings up a question for me, and this is kind of how I tried to approach the exercises I put together, was thinking about the questions that readers would have. And a big question that I think people have is, so how do I know when I'm doing this the right way? Or how do I know when I've activated the subconscious and that's what's talking instead of some other aspect of my mind? I was talking to a listener the other day about this. She was asking about basically tarot cards, angel cards, divination of some sort, right? Where you go out and ask an external source to speak to you or give you a message. And I told her at first that I did that quite a bit. And boy, did I, I mean, the first deck I ever picked up, it was a deck of uh, Oracle cards from Doreen, for angel cards from Angel Oracle, I think is what it was, from Doreen Virtue. It was a 44-card deck, and I was in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and I drew the same card four times in a row. And I'm talking, did I shuffle that deck? <laughs> you know, when I drew it the second time, I was like, holy cow, whoa. And then when I drew it the third time, I mean, you don't think that I had shuffled and cut and spread that deck out, and I'm like, there is no way. And then when I pulled it the fourth time, I was then I was convinced. I mean, that was like, yes, okay, something is speaking to me here. And I got the message. I did that quite a bit. So that was my first effort to hear inside. And I, I was surprised 
at a group meeting I went to at um, the bookshop I've mentioned, the bookstore in Dallas that I've mentioned several times, Miracles of Joy, run by Joy Koff, wonderful lady. It's up in Louisville, Texas, north of Dallas. And I was in a group meeting there, and the guy was going around and, and having people, like, one of the ways you can do it is put your hand over your heart and just tune in, listen for what's there. And this guy was asking people to do this. And I was surprised about half the room, probably a dozen or 15 people, half the room gave feedback that they could not tune in. They couldn't hear. And I was, at that point, was more advanced in communicating. I was just really surprised and sad that people couldn't tune in and plug in. But I think it comes from lack of knowledge, lack of practice, so lack of doing it. And then, like you say, not knowing exactly what you're listening for. So as the decks started to speak to me, then I shifted. And and also a big, huge thing that has made such a difference in my life is narrating these audio books for Fred Dodson. And Fred wrote a book called Intuition Training. And I read that book as a narrated it as an audio book, probably, I don't know, two years ago, maybe. And that just being in that material, being immersed in that material really helped open up the channels inside uh, to listen to intuition. The other thing that I do, and this is big, 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 I do it every day, is muscle testing. So the idea of kinesiology, a number of people teach it. And one of the biggest sources is probably Dr. David R. Hawkins in his book, Power Versus Force, talks about kinesiology and muscle testing. And he built his energy scale. Power versus force is really like Fred wrote levels of energy. Hawkins wrote power versus force about 10 years before Fred did. And he does an energy scale and it's very similar. And how do you know what energy level something is? You muscle test. So I just do a simple thing where my dominant hand is my right hand. So I just put my thumb and forefinger together on my left hand. This is a quick way to do it. There's a number of ways you can do this, but I just put them together. So it's like you're kind of an okay sign with my non-dominant hand. And then I take my forefinger of my right hand, dominant hand, and try to break that seal, try to break the thumb from the forefinger. And if it's a yes, hold it strong. Yes, it stays tight. No, you can just pop it right through. Other ways you can do it uh, would be the, the classic way is to hold your arm out, but this requires two people. You hold your arm out parallel to the ground, out to your side, and somebody presses your arm down. And if you are with a true statement, your arm will stay out, and it's really hard to press it down. It takes a lot of effort to press it down. And if it's a false or negative response, then you can just basically push your arm right down to your side with almost with one finger uh, because your body resists. Your body resists. Your muscles strengthen when it's true, when there's a true statement there, and they go weak when it's a false statement. So I do this all the time, even though I've gotten to the point now where I can basically feel the answer. I will still do muscle testing, and that's just for confirmation, especially if it's a, a more, let's say, important, I don't know that there's a scale of importance in the spiritual realm, but, you know, for me in the physical realm, if it's a more important topic that I'm asking about, then I'll definitely muscle test around that. Yeah, that's interesting. I've, uh, there's a doctor that lives here, um, Sheil Tangri, and 
I don't recall what it's called exactly what he practices, but he does he does this muscle testing. And I've done I've been through with him and it's it's amazing how it works. You know. Well, it tunes you in. I guess all of these things are just tools. The ultimate source or the ultimate fountain of this information is from within. It's in our heart. And the the more that we can just get to the point where we tune into that, then we'll know from any instance that we go through in our life. I mean, you're you're walking along and all of a sudden you get that prompt that says, speak to this person. And you do. Or go here, go to this place. And you do. I got an idea yesterday about an hour from here is a place called Glenwood Springs and they have hot springs and they have these vapor caves where you, I mean, you go down about 20 feet underground and it's 115 degrees and hundred percent humidity and you sulfur and, you know, all these great minerals and very good for your lungs. And I just had a, uh, a thought to go down there yesterday. So I got in the Jeep and boom, down, we, down and go and met this girl in the yoga in the uh, cave and she is a yoga instructor from Pennsylvania who happened to be in Colorado doing a yoga workshop last over the last weekend and she had ended up in Glenwood Springs she was the most beautiful soul you could ever imagine we exchanged contact information and I'm going to have her as a guest on the podcast I mean where that goes I have no idea but the fact that I just listened to that prompt put me in a cave 20 feet under the ground <laughs> with somebody that I was supposed to meet. Yeah, it's fascinating. And when you live that way all the time and get to the point where you just hear those little things through the day, I think a great place to start, you know, going back to your work and your thesis of back to the basics, intuition 101 would be several things. One would be, I mean, this is what work has worked for me. I would get physical. So I do better when I'm, like I say, when I'm walking, when I'm doing a hike, when I'm climbing up a mountain. So if I were wanting to do this, I would figure out for each person what their unique best way of hearing inside or quieting down the mind is and get into that space. For some, it's meditation. For some people, it might be on a bicycle. Some people, it might be driving. Maybe get in the car and just go for a drive. But wherever that space is for you, and then I would literally, I would do what I'm, what I'm, what I just described. Speak to your conscious mind and just ask for an agreement. Would you be willing to be still for X period of time? Five minutes. And I like the exercise of putting my hand on my heart, over my heart, on my chest. And then you just silence your mind. You have agreement. So your conscious mind has said, yeah, I'll play with you here. And then you just start listening. Start listening to what comes from your heart. And that's the beginning. If you've never heard it before, what you get from that is the beginning of intuition starting to speak to you. That's, uh, so yeah, that's helpful. I mean, you really, that is breaking it down to the basics. I think also, you know, the exercise you talked about with your, with your thumb and forefinger, making that okay sign and trying to break it. I mean, is that something that you would use when trying to make a decision or when trying to find that intuition? I use it all the time. Uh, and it, like I said, it's just a, a great way to confirm and yes, when I'm making a decision, I'll ask all the time, is it my is it my highest and best purpose to 
X, fill in the blank. Go here, do this, see this person, um, avoid this. And I'll tell you, Brandon, I've never had it fail me. I've never had it not work properly. And here's the funny, funny thing. I'll tell you a story. This is, I think I've shared this in, in a past podcast. When I first moved here, it was right at the beginning of ski season, and I was a skiing neophyte. I mean, I had I had done it like a flatlander would just through the years. I'd go for a couple of days here and a couple of days there, but I didn't have a system down, and I, I wasn't proficient at it, and still everything was kind of wobbly and foreign. And I was um, riding up the chairlift, and I wanted to pull my phone out, either to play some music or, I don't know, take a picture and put it on Facebook. I don't know what. But I was on the chair, and I was, so I was getting ready to reach in my pocket for my phone. And I mean, I heard a very clear, don't, don't. But what did I do? (laughs) And this is the thing. I mean, I've learned this lesson so well, the hard way, the school of hard knocks. Whenever it speaks now, I just listen. And I think that's another way that you get more messages is the more pliable and obedient that you are to the messages that come through, you get more. Because obviously your intuition is going to, I don't know if it works this way, but to me it's like, if you're listening to me, it's almost like a, like a parent and a child relationship. If the child is being obedient and listening to mom and dad, mom and dad will do more for the child. If the child is being rebellious and not listening to mom and dad, mom and dad shut down, right? They buckle up, they clamp down. Same thing here. The more open you are to just doing what it says, don't ask questions. Do what it says. You'll get more messages. When you argue with it, you don't do what you were told. You fight against it. You do it anyway. Oh, no, you know, conscious mind takes over, but da-da-da-da-da. Then intuition goes, okay, never mind. Won't bother you anymore. Sorry. So I, <laughs> here I got this don't. And I know you're thinking I dropped the phone. I did not drop the phone. I went ahead and got the phone out and did whatever I was going to do. But I dropped one of my gloves. And I had to, of course, somebody behind me said, it's by Tower 36 or whatever. And uh, and I had to ski down and get my glove. But uh, I learned that. I was like, oh, my gosh. And thank goodness it wasn't the phone that went overboard. <laughs> you know, it was like, because it would have been gone. I mean, it would have fallen in snow, and I probably would not have found it. But that's just the, I, the, the thing is, is just when you ask and you're getting your highest form of communication, you're getting your soul's purpose speaking to you, don't argue with it. Just do it. The Nike slogan, just do it. It's a great story. I thought for sure you're going to drop the phone, but I like. I know. <laughs> I like the unexpected twist there. Like, oh no, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't. <laughs> Fortunately, but I'll tell you that was one of the pivotal, and that was a year and a half ago. So this is, you know, here I am in my late fifties now, um, and I'm learning this to the point in just the last year and a half of. Don't argue, just do it. And that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned up here in Aspen is learning more how to communicate. Because I'll tell you what, when I was in Dallas, it was harder sitting on a freeway in traffic. I'm not in the state that I am when I'm on that hiking trail. So that is a that is kind of a tough one. Um, You have to get yourself in that position of something that works for you. 
I mean, I live in Costa Rica. I live a block away from the beach. Um, and I go through periods where, you know, I like to work and I'll just stick my head down and I'll be in front of the computer writing or researching for hours or days. But when I'm really thinking my best is when I can get out and take a walk on the beach, you know, feel that wind against my body. And you can do that anywhere, you know, you, you're in the suburbs or you're in a city, you can walk or you can find that thing that, that allows you to sort of let go. But I think you have to do something that I have trouble with, which is letting go. I have to, you know, stand up from my desk and, and go someplace else and, and try to forget all the things running through my head. Absolutely. And that's when you can tune in to your inner voice and ask it, invite it. That's another one is just be intentional. You know, intentions are such powerful things. And when we intend to say, I'm going to hear from my higher self, I'm going to hear from, from my soul, I'm going to hear from my subconscious mind. I think the subconscious loves to be heard because normally it's in the back seat. Normally it is like half the group at the bookstore in Dallas where the subconscious thinks, oh man, if he would just ask. That's a good tie-in with mindfulness because I think, you know, at its most basic mindfulness is purposeful attention. Purposeful is another great word. And so, yeah. Intention. Yeah. It's when you intend that you're going to ask, hear, and follow what it says and then tone it down, get to that point where you can hear, then it will start to speak. And everybody has this. This is not a gift. This is not a privileged thing that somebody has and somebody, you know, I, I, I don't even, I've, I've gotten to the point where I think even, and I think there are degrees of this, but people who are psychic, you know, people who can literally, I mean, truly see and feel and sense things going on in somebody else's life. I think that gift is available to everybody. It's a spiritual thread. I think we stifle it. There are people who are more open to it, for sure. But I think that that gift, and certainly this gift of intuition, everybody has a navel, and everybody has a soul, (laughs) and everybody has a subconscious mind. And listening to it, and hearing it, and following it, and communicating with it is not a, a, a special gift. No way. Yeah, it might be a little bit of a skill that you just have to to exercise, but there's no question that we're all born with these capabilities. We're all born, you know, with the ability to pay attention. And I think it's just a matter of if the, if it's purposeful. You know, you're you're always attentive towards something on some level, but it could be very superficial. It could be just packing your mind with, you know, scrolling through Facebook on your phone. That's where your attention is. But, you know, you can do that same task purposefully. You just need to, like we said, too, you just need to sort of step away and make that decision that right now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I mean, I'm learning here now, like if I want to get in touch with my subconscious, then that's where my attention needs to be. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been so impressed with Fred Dodson's work. And he wrote, I mean, if you just look at the books that he wrote, he wrote a book about parallel universes, so parallel realities, the quantum field, if you will. He wrote a book about levels of energy. Everything is energy. So if you understand that, he wrote intuition training. So there's like, there's that piece. And then he wrote The Miracles of Attention and Awareness, which is exactly what you were just saying. 
where you put your attention is exactly what you're going to get more of in your life. I mean, it's a it's a great package. It's just it's a uh, it's a master's class on how to do this. So what what are sort of the personal skills that you recommend people exercise so that they can find that intuition? I mean, is it is it the attention? It is interesting that the awareness and attention book came last in that series because having that skill of attention seems like it would help for finding that intuition. So I'm wondering what other skills are helpful. Actually, I think Fred said early on in the book that of all of the material that he had ever written, that this is the most important, mm-hmm. attention and awareness. I, I'll tell you, I think what came to my mind as you were asking the question was the, it goes back to the intention, the desire to, to start communicating with it. So, you know, I lived 47 years. This was always there. It was always there. And I was able to go back and find different places in my life when even though I had no awareness of it, no understanding of it, it was there, the intuition. Boy, and I I could think of some key points in my life where I heard a message and didn't follow it and had a really bad outcome. I I can also think of times when I followed the intuition or it pointed me in the right direction and had a really good outcome. So it was always there, Mm -hmm. but lived so long, not following this on a daily basis. It wasn't part of my life. And I think, so to answer your question, what came to mind first is to make a conscious decision that you are going to grow this area of your life. If it's something that you're not in touch with, If it's something that's not a daily practice, determine that it's going to be. And then you have to make it. Obviously, you have to ask frequently. You have to get in that state. You have to go on the walks and you have to start tuning into it. And you have to do that on a regular basis and truly make it a practice. But I think it's one of the most important things that anybody ever could do is to learn to tune into this because the answers to everything are inside of us. Yeah, I think I would even say, I mean, you know, for people like me that are are maybe a little bit control freaks, um, start just by testing, right? Just, you know, that next time that you, you notice the intuition pop up, just as a test, you know, follow it. Oh, absolutely. You, know, it's not something, yes. you don't have to change your life right away, you know, full scale, you know, follow, test and follow and see the results. And I'll tell you another big component of this is good old-fashioned gratitude. I always, when it speaks, I always thank it. I always just say, thank you for giving me that information. Thank you for speaking to me. I'm going to follow this. I'm going to implement this. Help me make the tough decision because sometimes it is. And boy, I'll tell you, I <laughs> I had one the other day where I came in here and um, and I also have particular spots in the room. And this is something you'll just have to play with and learn. But there are different spots, different places where it's easier to get in tune. It seems to be more accurate, more willing to speak louder, more available in different spots. And I'll always go back to those spots. And you just have to find them. You just have to experiment. My friend, Leslie Thornton, who was one of our co-leaders on the Sedona trip a little over a year ago, she does. She has an amazing process that she walks people through to talk to their subconscious. And 
she works with people who are very new to this, and she works with people who are very experienced with it as well. Whenever you get to that point where you need the next answer, she'll say, just go inside, ask your subconscious, and it's the blink, the Malcolm Gladwell blink concept. Whatever comes to your mind first is the answer, and you don't think about it, because the time that when it shifts from instinct, first gut feeling, the very first thing that comes to mind, to the point where you start thinking about it or analyzing it, you've lost it. And Gladwell talks about that. If if you want a deep dive into this, read Blink. It's a great book on this very topic. And what he's talking about is getting in touch with your intuition. So when, because I imagine sometimes you're making decisions too that are that are not 100% intuition-based, or maybe what you do is you, you find out what your intuition is and then you flesh out the details behind the intuition. Yeah, the... Uh, what I was I was describing that I came in here the other day and I had a decision and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask, but I don't know that I want to know this answer. <laughs> it's <was> like, <laughs> but yeah, it was, and it was something that I knew if intuition said, you know, take the right fork, it was going to affect me greatly, and I was going to have to make a decision that I probably not would not have made consciously. As it turned out. Intuition said, take the left fork, and I was on the right trail anyway. And that, I think in the growth process, as you get more tuned in, you get more instinctive with the right path anyway. So then you're asking and you get this confirmation of the path that you were on. That's been a big shift because usually I was headed down the wrong path. And intuition would have turned me around in a different direction. But now as you just constantly are in tune and listening, you end up on the right path more often than not. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about how someone, you know, new to this would be the questions that they might have in their head. And those, Absolutely. Yeah, that was it. It's no, these like, are, when is it intuition great. versus when is it conscious, you know, deciding and planning? Because it's not that you don't plan things. I think the shift, that subtle little tiny, teeny tiny shift is the difference between thought, that's the conscious mind, and heart, that's the intuition. The conscious mind is, on a scale of 1 to 10, its volume level is a 9. And on a scale of 1 to 10, the intuition is about a 2 or a 3. It's a still small voice. It's, it's much softer. It doesn't command your attention. It's just in there. And when you go inside and you start to connect to that, it's very willing to speak. It's just so often, for decades upon decades, we've drowned it out from our, with our conscious mind. So it's stifled. It's in the back seat. And when we start to bring it out and give it a voice and a platform so that it knows that A, you're listening, and B, you're doing, then it starts to speak louder. And then the volume st- scale starts to... Uh, starts to increase. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's, you know, it's about developing that skill and that habit. But I was very surprised by that group where half of the people in this group who were in a metaphysical bookstore at a seminar that they had to pay for could not get in touch with their intuition. That was like, wow. Yeah, maybe there needs to be more material and more classes on this. Yeah, I think that that would, yeah, I mean, well, you know, what you're doing with the podcast is great, but yeah, if you, I think putting together a a class would be hugely beneficial. Um, I think it's interesting that we, 
Yeah, I mean, we often, we don't know what we don't know. Um, and we often don't know what other people don't know or what they, you know, what they are questioning in their head. Which was- well, that's why I was really surprised and, and encouraged by what you were saying of just taking things back to the basics. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to be so far out there and so uh, deep and, and uh, proficient that most people in this journey, because of all the elements that are working against us to live an intentional life, a conscious life, a mindful life, we have so many forces pressing against that. That yes, going back to the basics and just, it's just a daily, it's, it's just such a daily thing that if we, if we just go back to the base elements, I I think the biggest thing is tuning into this inside conversation that we have. My goodness, it has opened up so many worlds to me and um, it's just made such a shift, such an incredible shift in my life. I'd love to give this gift to everybody who, who possibly would be open to it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you should. Well, I'm certainly thrilled with the work that you're doing as well. And thank you for finding the podcast and for including me, inviting me into, into what you're up to. Yeah, I'd say um, if I, I might have mentioned this to you, but I believe that you were asked to be included by uh, you know one of the members of the audience I was talking to. Email. Well, first I want to just say this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the MindPod Network, which is uh, the co-founder, Noah Lampert, who's also the host of uh, Synchronicity Podcast. So him and I kind of did some of this together, and I worked with the MindPod Network audience. Um, while I was developing this, and like I said, I was talking with people to figure out you know, what problems and pain points they had, and I asked people, who would you like to hear from? Because I have the book Unwobble, which is full of its 83 very simple step-by-step mindfulness exercises. And then I have Practically Mindful, and that has contributions from, I believe, 36 different influencers and teachers. And basically, you know, what kind of just everyday mindfulness means to them or what tips they use and what exercises they use. And I asked people in the audience, you know, who would you like to hear from? And you were one of the people that was asked to be included. And I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you were put in front of me for that. It's been interesting uh, learning. You know, I've listened to your podcast since, and that's been interesting. And and I really think you provided a terrific contribution. Oh well, thank you so much. And obviously, a a referral or a recommendation is is obviously the highest honor. And I'm glad to pass that gift on. I'm glad you told me that story. And I'm glad to pass this on by having you on here to tell people about what you're up to. So we'll just keep it in circulation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Thomas. Absolutely. All right, Brandon, tell people again how to find these two books that you've put together. Okay. If you go to unwobble.com slash SMM, for Subconscious Mind Mastery. Um, You can sign up and you'll get a free sample right away. You'll get some emails telling you about it with more free samples along the way. And then when it's available to purchase, um, you'll be notified. All right. And then Practically Mindful, tell them how to find that as well. You'll find them both the same way. You'll get a sample of both books when you sign up. And um, they're basically, I see them as companion books. You know, one of them is the exercises. The other is the insight and the tips and the exercises from teachers and influencers. Um, so they base, they come together. 
Brandon, thank you for taking an hour out of your day. I really appreciate it. Great conversation and really good to connect with you. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me, Thomas. I do hope you'll go check out unwobble.com forward slash SMM. And also, Brandon mentioned his partner, Noah Lampert, and I'm going to have him on an upcoming episode. In fact, a couple of upcoming episodes are going to help give you more resources if you would like a voice in the world. So both Brandon and Noah have worked in this space that we are in around this podcast, and they have done a really good job of putting a tribe together, and we're going to introduce that to you when we talk to Noah in a couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed this turn of the tables on this interview and more great stuff coming up ahead, including that announcement on the coaching program. Thank you for listening. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.